0: Everybody doing today? Thank you, everyone. I'm glad you're joining us on BibleQuest.TV. Welcome. And we have some things we're going to be talking about today. But before we get into the discussion, uh, I want to introduce our panelists. Stephen Rouse is here with us. Hi,
1: Stephen. You're coming in from? I'm coming in from the Harrisburg area now, though I'm still with Gettysburg for the rest of this month. But it's good to have everybody with us today. Welcome, everybody. Good to see you, Stephen. And
0: Scott from, uh, oh, I keep doing that backwards. Scott is Gettysburg. How you doing, Scott?
2: Doing all right, Drew. How you doing today?
0: Doing very good, thank you. And Jeff from Exton. Hi, Jeff.
2: Exton, right here.
0: <laughs> Exton's right there. And I'm Drew, your host here in Honesdale, Pennsylvania. I guess we got the Northeast Pennsylvania Corridor here, although, Scott, you're down in Southeast Pennsylvania, so we'll- But it's snowing here. now. I know. We had some snow today, too. Uh, but welcome, everybody. Glad you're here today. We want to invite you to ask us questions as we're going through. It could be on the things we're going to be talking about today. We're going to be talking about some questions that came in recently, and uh, or it could be something totally unrelated to what we're talking about. Please text us your questions. Use the Q&A button. Uh, you'll see that if you're coming in through the app, the Zoom app. Uh, you can text it in, or you can audio it in by clicking your little, uh, hand button there. And say you want to get online with us. And Stephen, it's also being broadcast
1: live on your Facebook page, right? Yep. If you'd like to get, leave a question for us to answer this week or perhaps soon, uh, just leave your comments and questions in the comments below and we will get to those as soon as we can. We would really love to have more viewer questions. We are kind of running low at the moment. Um, Oh, that's right. Uh, Jeff reminds me to offer, we're offering a 15% discount uh, for any questions that, that come in today. <laughs> 15% off a of free, it doesn't get much better than you that. Get better is than
2: that, is that, that also... They pay 15% less or we give 15% less?
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, I think yes. Jeff's suggestion was to, to take 15% off of their question. Who, who knows what okay. it would seem like after yeah. that, so... <laughs>
0: Well, speaking of questions, guys, we got one that came in from the website just a few days ago. In fact, I invite all of you in the audience, and if you're on the podcast, you're not listening to us live, you're downloading the podcast, and we appreciate you coming in that way as well. But if you're on the podcast, go to BibleQuest.tv, fill out the form with your questions so we can get them on the air as well, and you'll hear the questions being discussed in the future podcast. But today, we've got one that came in from Holly. It says we've been visiting congregations in the area, and a couple of them have a fellowship hall. But what does the Bible say about having a fellowship hall next to your building of worship? Thanks, Holly.
2: So well, let's begin. Let's begin with this question: um, What do people mean by the word fellowship, and what would that have sounded like? to people in the New Testament. So first off, when people use the word fellowship for that, where are they coming from? Go ahead, Drew. I want to interrupt you because you started off with a question.
0: (laughs) I want the audience to give us an answer. Text it in or call it in or text it in. What does fellowship mean to you? Go ahead. Continue, Scott, with your...
2: Yeah, I like that. Sorry for not catching that. Yeah, what does fellowship? fellowship mean I th- think we can agree right at the beginning does the word fellowship show up in the Bible absolutely, absolutely. yeah and do churches do Bible things yeah therefore
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a cue for you
2: Jeff. yeah yeah so and, and so this starts to run uh, into the question what does fellowship mean when people say it today? And how was the word particularly used and especially used? Uh, in what senses do we see the uh, New Testament writers using it?
0: Let, let me ask you, ask you, Jeff.
3: Well, I'm going to use a phrase that I think when we were discussing earlier, when we were kind of talking about what we wanted to do today, I think Scott actually came up with some phrase along these lines, but something about uh, people think today fellowship means Christians having fun together, or maybe Christians having a good time together. They think that's what fellowship means and that's really not what it means.
0: (laughs) Wait a minute. Wait a minute! Are you going to tell us that the way the words were used in the first century don't seem to be used the same way today?
3: Well, there are a lot of things that people, a lot of language that gets appropriated from the Bible, and it gets used in some kind of specialized way today. I don't know what to call this a specialized way. I think it's just a misguided use. The word The word group, translated fellowship, it's a bunch of words that start with letters K-O-I-N, koinonia, koinoneo, koinonos, and all these these words, this family of words, has to do with the idea of sharing. Sometimes you'll see uh, words in English translating these words that start with C-O-M-M, communion, common, that kind of thing. And the idea in those words is sharing. And so when we're talking about this word group, then we have to ask ourselves, sharing in what? And we see a lot of different sharing, a lot of sharing in different things in the New Testament. But what happens today is people have kind of latched on to this idea that it's specifically Christians having a good time together, Christians drinking coffee together, Christians going to the amusement park together, something like that. Steven.
1: yeah uh, Emma comments just a minute ago on this question of what does fellowship mean It says, It seems like currently it usually means quote extracurricular or secular get-togethers with other people of faith, less about uh, what the get-together is and more about who it's with. Uh, Jeff says Jeff's explanation was much more concise than mine, so yeah. <laughs> uh, so
2: if if you've got some atheists and agnostics and they have pizza or go play volleyball that's not what we say fellowship is. That would be atheists or agnostics or or drunkards or fornicators playing volleyball or or eating pizza. And if Christians, we're just talking here about the way the words get used today. If Christians are getting together and singing praise to God, taking the Lord's supper, giving of their means to help needy Christians, uh, giving of their means to help supporting Paul to preach the gospel, that's not fellowship. Fellowship is when it's Christians having a potluck or pizza or playing mini golf or, or, or uh, taboo or whatever. So that seems to be so when people of faith are doing something secular for fun and entertainment. That's when the word tends to get used.
3: And, that, and you're talking about the way it tends to get used yes. rather than the way it should be. Let me just yeah. throw out a passage here to kind of set the tone. In 2 Corinthians 13, 13, where it says, The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the koinonia, the fellowship, or some translations will say communion. But this is our word, the fellowship of the Holy Spirit with all of uh, So the the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, what does that mean? Playing bingo with the Holy Spirit? (laughs) I don't think he eats pizza. I don't think he eats pizza. No, okay, so when we talk about sharing in the Bible, we do see Christians sharing in things. But the things you mentioned that some would say is not fellowship, when we come together and we are sharing in the grace of God, and we are sharing in the Lord's Supper, and we are sharing in singing praises to God. and We are sharing in lifting up our voices in prayer, expressing our common, our shared concerns. That's fellowship. As a matter of fact, in in Philippians chapter 1, Paul uses a compound of this same word fellowship. There's a little prefix attached to it, but he, he talks about uh, the Fellowship of Grace. It's Philippians chapter 1, and I believe, if I remember right, it's verse 6. Let me get there. Um, verse 7. Verse 7, even as it is right for me to be thus minded on behalf of you all, because I have you in my heart, inasmuch as both in my bonds and in the defense and in the confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers or sharers with me of this grace. And it uses the word there that would be, Fellowshippers, except he ad- attaches a little prefix to it. Okay. Yeah, isn't he
1: At least once talk about sharing in the sufferings of Christ. Yes. And that idea as well.
2: Fellowship. <laughs> yeah, so, that's that's fellowship. <laughs> oh. yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm picturing if you took a person in the New Testament who's reading the writings of Paul and John, et cetera, who are talking about koinonia fellowship in, in the blood of Christ, fellowship. Philippians three, three in the suffering of Christ fellowship in the Holy spirit. If they said, let's get to a fellowship in sending money to needy Christians. Let's get together for some fellowship. If, if, if we put them in our, their society or put some of us in, uh, if we switched places, I think there could be some confusion. In other words, uh, it takes somebody from now that misuses this concept put them back then and they might hear oh john and paul talked about us getting together for some fellowship tonight you might go they're not expecting that you're going to take part in the sufferings of christ or in sacrificing some of your money for 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 the gospel or or that you're getting together to take the lord's supper and this we're going to see those those are ways that the words was actually used
3: so Scott, you saw we've we've got a title for the webcast today, and it, it allude it is an allusion to something you saw on a sign in front of a church building somewhere.
0: What's there that title? Is, What's that title, Jeff?
2: It's not just church. <laughs> That's the title. Uh, church near us. Yeah, and they they do they they have a lot of fun. They have <laughs> Cowboy Church Day. Um, they, uh, they they had a car show here a while back. Uh, one was a playboy themed car, uh, out there at the car show in front of the church, playboy emblems all over. And I stopped and asked about that and they suggested just loving on them. Uh, and, uh, their big sign right near the church building is a picture of this cute little girl with goggles and paint just splattered all over her. I don't know if she'd been in a paint gun battle or what, but she's having a ball and so the sign is assuring all the passersby it's not just church. What,
0: yeah. what's, the, what's the motivation here, Scott?
2: Well, it's, what is a billboard for? <laughs> to attract people, to announce something that's attractive to you. And so they're wanting people to come in there and what are they using to get people in there?
0: It's not your it's not regular church.
2: Yeah,
3: it's stuff is stuff that you'll like if you're not interested in church. <laughs>
2: there, there you go. There you go. This is a church for people that don't want just serve the Lord and worship him. They want to play paintball, ride horses, have a cowboy, you know, uh, check out that Playboy car or whatever.
3: So this gets to the question that, that our viewer had asked about when churches build a quote fellowship hall, unquote they're specifically building a facility where they can have fun and games or social gatherings or that sort of thing, stuff besides church, if we want to speak that way, stuff besides, let's speak more scripturally, stuff besides what we see churches coming together to do in the first century. And now the question is that we can ask if we're going to claim to be a a congregation of God's people coming together to do the things God charges his people with doing collectively, then why in the world would we take our collective funds that we contribute on the first day of the week and instead of using them for the things we see in the New Testament, for uh, relieving needy saints um, who are financially destitute or for uh, supporting evangelists who are preaching the gospel, Um, instead of using those funds for those things, why in the world would we build a hall where we can have fun and games?
2: I'll tell you, partly the answer is because denominations all around us for a long time have had fellowship halls. And they, its it's, the word is in the Bible, and so they want to have a place where they can have what they call their fellowship. And so uh, the Israelites wanted the king to be like, the nations around, them. around the bathroom. And especially when it's something fun, you know, or, or something enjoyable. And so, wow, that would be pleasant. Uh, let's, let's pause here for just a minute, though, and make sure that our viewers see uh, some examples of this word used. So do I have screen share on yet? I tried to, but I'm not sure I did it.
0: Uh, not yet. I don't see okay. your screen yet.
2: All right. How well, about now? It's working. Yes, there it is. Okay, so this is the, the main word, koinonia. Uh, there's other forms, as Jeff said, and some of them are used in, some, in, in broader ways. But the main word here, koinonia, let's just look quickly at how it's used. It is uh, Acts 2, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, breaking bread and prayers. Uh, when they sent a contribution for poor saints, that was a koinonia. Um, uh, we were called into the koinonia, of Jesus Christ, sharing Jesus Christ, the Lord's Supper, communion. The word communion in the Bible is this same word, fellowship. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion, koinonia, of the blood of Christ? The bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? So Paul is calling the Lord's Supper a fellowship with the body and blood of Christ. And so when people ask about fellowship halls, I like to point out, yes, we, we have a fellowship hall. It's where we take the Lord's Supper. And I don't mean we have parties and pizza and potluck there. I mean, that's
1: where we take communion. It's where we share in spiritual things.
2: And, and somebody might say, oh, no, 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 I didn't, mean, <laughs> I didn't mean communion. I mean, fellowship, you know, that's stuff you do for fun. That's not the way this word is being used here. It means to share, but the way it's being used here in the New Testament, as we're seeing, is in these spiritual ways. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6, don't have communion with darkness. Um, here's the fellowship uh, of the ministering to the saints. Uh, again, a contribution for saints. Here's communion with the Holy Spirit. Um, and then in uh, there's... The communion of this mystery of the gospel. Paul gives the Philippians thanks for their sharing and supporting him in the gospel. I won't read all these, but let's just jump down to First John, um, uh, and uh, that we you may have fellowship with us, etc. And if we say that we have fellowship with Christ, but are walking in darkness, lie, in tr- uh, you're lying. Uh, if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another in the blood of Jesus, the Son, cleanses from sin. So those are some examples of the type of sharing that the New Testament was talking about.
3: And if you think about those passages, it's always important to think about sharing in what? For example, there in First John, you're talking about the idea of sharing in the light. If I walk in the light and God is in the light, then we have fellowship one with another. God and I share in being in the light together. You share in something. The verb form of this word is used in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 15, where Paul talks about how the Philippian Christians shared with him, or some translations will say had fellowship with him, in the matter of giving and receiving. Financially, they were giving to him, and, and he was receiving from them money that he could use to to provide his livelihood while he went about preaching. And as a result, down in verse 17, it says that the fruit uh, that resulted from his efforts was fruit that increased to their account. In other words, he's kind of speaking in accounting terms. You get credit for this. Why? They're sharing in this with him um, by virtue of the money that they're providing to him. That's fellowship. That's sharing in something. So let's get away from the idea that fellowship means Christians having fun together. What fellowship means is sharing in something. And when we start talking about what we want to do as a church, rather than just saying, "Well, if it's Christians doing something together that's fun, that's fellowship," and fellowship is a biblical thing, therefore it's okay for the church to do it. Right. <laughs> Let's think about you know what 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 should churches what should people in a congregation. As they act collectively as a congregation, what should they be sharing in as a church? We have. I
2: to throw out. I want to go ahead, Stephen.
1: We had a question come in from Matt who asks, "What would you say to sincere people who don't necessarily desire a fellowship hall for fun or games, but for meals and places to get together to discuss spiritual things or to have some other spiritual get together?" One thing I hear a lot is, "The Bible doesn't say it's wrong, and we are using it for spiritual purposes."
2: All right, let's get to that in a second. I want to finish up just a thought on this, and then we'll get to that. So, Stephen, make sure, if I don't get right back to that, that we get there within a couple of minutes. Uh, To underscore again what we've seen, when Paul is a prisoner and writing to the Philippians as a prisoner, he says that he has fellowship with the suffering of Christ. When he writes to the Corinthians about taking the Lord's Supper, he says, you are having fellowship with the blood of Christ. Of Christ in the Lord's Supper. So that's uh, that's some examples that we see there. Um, and this may get toward that. And so, Stephen, if you can help me uh, get it in that direction. Uh, in fact, go ahead go ahead and read that question again, because I'm about to get lost here. <laughs> oh, I, I remember what I was going to say. All right. A little A.D. Story. Story. I, I, had a, I had a senior moment there. Um does this mean that it's not important for Christians to have meals together, to spend time together, to socialize together? Do we see instructions in the Bible, in the New Testament, about that? Do we see examples in the Gospels of someone throwing a feast and Jesus taking part in it and such? When he yeah. calls Levi, what does Levi do?
1: He calls together his friends and yeah, has yeah. them
2: all. Yeah. And did Jesus take part in that feast? Yeah. I have two questions. There were also unbelievers there. Does that mean, oh, is it really fellowship? Uh, but here's here, the word fellowship is not using that, to, but there, it does say it's a feast. Um, did Matthew expect church funds to pay for that? If the church had already been established, which it had.
0: Mm-mm.
2: No, it would have been Matthew's was feast, and that was, that was great. And Jesus went, All right, So, Stephen, go ahead and bring us back to that question.
1: Yeah, so Matt, Matt had asked, um, what would you say to sincere people who don't necessarily desire a fellowship hall for fun or games, but for meals and places to get together to discuss spiritual things or have some other spiritual get-together? One thing I hear a lot is the Bible doesn't say it's wrong and we're using it for spiritual things.
2: Well, and there. Go ahead.
1: go ahead, Jeff.
3: Well, so here, here's, here's what I'd say that. Fine, build yourself a place to get together. Take your checkbook, write a check to the contractor, have him build a place on your backyard or wherever you want. It's it's great when Christians get together, and if somebody wants to provide a place to do that, fine. But when we start talking about churches doing things and a church building this, then then the question becomes: Well, how are they going to pay for this? And they're going to pay for this with what? The money that was contributed on the first day of the week. What was that money contributed for? Um, was it so that we can have a pizza night. There's nothing wrong with having pizza night. And if I want to have a pizza night, and if I want to have a special room where I'm going to set that room aside for whenever the Christians get together, let me do that. But do I now say, well, I don't want to pay for it. How about I get the church to pay for it? There are a lot of things that, that I would like to do, but I don't go say, hey, let me get the church to pay for this for me.
2: <laughs> and if you have everybody over for pizza, that's wonderful. Yeah. If, while they're eating pizza, at your house. Y'all are discussing spiritual things and talking about biblical things and encouraging other. That is also wonderful. But the fact that spiritual things are being discussed doesn't mean the church should pay for the other stuff that's going on. For example, um, can you talk about biblical things while you're playing sports?
1: Sure. Sure Okay.
2: So let's build a church gymnasium, which many places do. And, we'll get together and we'll, we'll start with a prayer before the game. And, and during halftime, we'll, we'll read a scripture and there you go. Yeah.
0: So guys, it sounds like you're talking about something a little different that relates to it. And that is you're talking about what authority does a group of people that call themselves Christians that are working together in a local area, what authority do they have from the scriptures to do things that cost money. So it's an authority
2: on expenditures. Is that what you're saying? Well, it's also an issue of whose money is it? Well, it's the I, if if money. I want to build a go-kart track and invite brethren all over Pennsylvania to come and race go-karts, and then we're going to sit around and we're going to have some biblical discussion afterwards, I, I, then I imagine you guys would enjoy coming and we would race go-karts and we would discuss the Bible but whose money should pay for the go karts
3: And and that question does get down to a question of authority. We need to look to the Bible for what a church spends its money for. But the reason people have ignored that is because churches have gotten away from a biblical focus. Churches, and I'm talking about whether we're talking about Baptist or Presbyterian or Methodist or whatever, churches have gotten away from looking at the Bible and saying, we're going to organize ourselves according to what we see in the Bible, and we're going to set about as our mission, what we see in the Bible. And that's largely a reflection of the fact that churches in the denominational world have been led by people who've lost faith in the mission described in the Bible. Uh, I was hearing yesterday about a guy who is a uh, professor of biblical studies, and he was speaking at a church in Iowa, if I understand correctly, it was a church, some religious organization at least, and I believe it was a church. And he was talking about uh, bad Jesus, why Jesus is bad. And it turns out this guy's an atheist, but this church has him come in. What many of our viewers may not be aware of is that the religious leaders in many of the no- denominations do not believe in God, certainly is- not the God of the Bible, Right. So they don't believe Jesus was raised from the right. dead. They don't believe Jesus was born of a virgin. They don't believe we can be raised from the dead. They don't even believe in a heaven or a hell hereafter. And so what's church going to be about? Well, we're certainly not going to look at the Bible to find out, if, you're, if that's your thinking. So then they take biblical language like the word fellowship and wrap it around things that they think will be attractive to people, and there you go.
0: And that's Thank because you. we can get a tax write-off.
1: So one of the things Matt mentioned in his original question was one of the things that he's heard a lot is the Bible doesn't say it's wrong. And that line of thinking, we just have to be so careful about that. Well, the Bible doesn't say not to the Bible doesn't say it's wrong. This is a very different approach than the approach that Jeff is, is described where we want to look at what the Bible says and what were the Christians doing when Jesus established the church and the apostles were there, and they were working to convert people, it's just so easy for us to get distracted from the main goal. And just because the Bible doesn't say not to is not free license to go ahead and you know, throw whatever we want to into what should be reserved for the Lord's work. Isn't there something like someone said that if the Bible is to
0: write down the things not to across the spectrum, there wouldn't be enough paper on the planet?
2: The Bible doesn't say don't, uh, sprinkle babies, you know, but if you want to look and see what the Bible says about baptism, it's talking about burying in water believers, you know? And so it doesn't have to go through and say all the things that it doesn't say. You look at what it says. Go ahead, Stephen.
1: We had a couple comments come in from brother Herman who said, um, we fellowship every Friday night. We get together for prayers and Bible study and share a meal in different homes of brethren every Friday. That is fellowship. And we find out what is going on with that brother or sister's life. The church doesn't pay for it. We do willingly.
3: And I would just I would just respond to that and say yes, and that's fine. Also, though, remember that you are having fellowship on Sunday morning or Sunday evening, whenever on the first day of the week you come together and eat the Lord's Supper. That that is fellowship. Fellowship yep. is sharing, and we may share in this, or we may share in that. Um, and so the question is always going to be, what are we sharing in? What you're doing on Friday nights is fine, but let's not it, take- it, it,
2: Yeah, it's a great thing, and it's great that you're getting together for prayer. It's great you're getting together for Bible study. It's great that you're sharing meals together in your home. Uh, I, would, I would maybe suggest thinking about generally calling that fellowship. It is sharing, but just because of the connotation, since so many people misuse this word that way, it, it wouldn't be the word that I would use because I don't want to further this idea that fellowship right. is when, right. when there, there's a potluck involved.
3: Let me let me throw out my softball illustration real quick. I'll try got to do it real quick. You got a bunch of Christians getting together playing softball. Are they having fellowship? Well, let's ask What are they sharing in? And then let's say, well, the catcher gets hurt, so he's out of the game. Well, there's a guy standing over there on the sidelines. He's an atheist, but he's a good catcher. They bring him into play. Are they still having fellowship? Are they still sharing in the same thing they were sharing in?
2: Most people are Christians. There's only one unbeliever catcher, so sure, it's still fellowship. They're having fun.
3: And now the pitcher hurts his elbow and he's out. Well, there's another guy standing on the sidelines and he's a drunk, but he's sober at the moment. He's not a Christian comes in. He's a good pitcher. Are they still sharing in the same thing they were sharing in? Are they yes. still having fun? They're still having fun. They're still playing softball.
2: It's and still, still most of them are believers. <laughs> and okay. Still fellowship.
3: We go through this whole thing and we end up with one Christian and eight unbelievers on this team and a batter, of course. And, uh, they're still sharing in exactly the same thing. They're still sharing in fun. They're still sharing in softball. So when we start calling this Christian fellowship, maybe what we mean is Christians are having fun together. Okay, but let's not then drape the word fellowship over that and therefore justify making it something a church
2: should be doing. And suppose it went from being fun to a catastrophe. (laughs) <laughs> you know, a, a ball hit somebody and, and they had a concussion. You're rushing them to the hospital. They're, they're, they've stopped breathing. You know, you think they may die and they're all gathered together and they're suffering together and they're praying together.
3: Catherine Reeves has got a question. She says, what are your thoughts on using the church building space for potlucks? Let's Let's avoid assuming a premise here that is kind of artificial. And that is that a church... Building is the way she phrased it, is necessarily something that is paid for by the church's collection on the first day of the week. Uh, a meeting place of Christians may be a rented hall, it may be something property they own, it may be someone's house, it, it may be a space a in a park or a school. Say where the church is meeting in a building that I personally have built, because the Amish out here, they do this the, near where I live the Amish have uh, buildings on their property where whenever the church meets at their property, they can meet in this building. Uh, Usually it's a dual purpose building of some sort, but all right. So the question is worded. What are your thoughts on using the church building space for potlucks? If I built a building on my property and I say, Hey, the church can meet here. That's what this is for. And then, and then I also have potlucks there. Nothing wrong with that there 's nothing holy about that space just because a church meets in it now let 's ask the question: what about a building that 's been built and paid for with money the church has collected on the first day of the week uh, well now that that means that we need to be using that building for what the church is to be doing. but well, what about a potluck if we lived in circumstances where Christians were traveling two, three, four hours to get to the meeting place they 're traveling by wagon they 're traveling by foot or whatever and we're meeting all day long as sometimes churches have and everybody wants to bring their own lunch and we have a break during the afternoon where we all go out and sit on the grounds and and uh, or in the basement and eat our lunch before we resume our studying of god's word and worshiping together i don't i don't have a problem with that, but if we start talking about now we 'd like to take some of this money we're collecting on the first day of the week and build a place with that that is dedicated for whenever somebody wants to have a potluck or whenever the Cub Scouts want to have their meetings or whatever. No, I I do have a problem with that.
2: You know, my first job uh, was uh, working at a retail store. And then I went from Stockport and now assistant manager. So now I have a key. But if I if the boss came by after hours and I'm in there having a pizza party with my friends, I think he would probably say, what are you doing? You know, that's, I have, that is there for retail purpose and it doesn't mean that just cause I have a key that it's suddenly, you know, for anything that I want to do with it, which brings up this argument. So I want to throw up this argument. Sometimes people say, well, what is the church is the church not christians so anything a church can do I'm, excuse me anything a christian can do the church can do since the church is the people so if one person can do it then the church can do it
1: we got passages like first timothy chapter 5 that make a pretty clear distinction that there are some things that are the responsibility of the individual and there are some things that are the responsibility of the church in 1 Timothy 5, there's the example given of, you know, if it's your mom is a widow, you need to take care of your family um, so that the church is not burdened. Uh, that passage is uh, 1 Timothy chapter 5, um, and in verse, let me find it here. 16-ish. 16, yes. If any, believing, if any believing woman has relatives who are widows, let her care for them. Let the church not be burdened so that it may care for those who are truly widows.
3: I like to use Matthew 18 to make the same point. Jesus says in verse 15, if your brother sins against you, go uh, to him alone privately and show him his fault between you and him alone. If he hears you, you've gained your brother. So here's here are two brethren, and they're discussing a spiritual concern. One has sinned against the other. Uh, is it the church's business? Is it the church acting? No. We know that because if he doesn't hear you when you go to talk to him, you're supposed to take one or two more. Now you've got three or four brethren come together for a spiritual purpose. Still, it's not the church. We know that because then it says, and if he refuses to hear them, then tell it, let me read it. He says in verse 17, if you refuse to hear them, tell it to the church. And if you refuse to hear the church also, then there's consequences. So when three or four brethren were come together to discuss something spiritual, that wasn't the church acting collectively. And so that illustrates the point you were making, Stephen, from 1 Timothy 5. The Lord does recognize the collective action of, of a church as something different than just a group of Christians doing something.
0: I want I to, th- uh, Holly, thank you for your question. We're not done with it yet, but I also want to thank you for letting us know that Jeff is cracking you up. <laughs> Jeff, you <do. laughs>
2: I think she and liked I, the softball, I think,
0: probably. and I wait a minute, I have. A, I think I know where, where someone else was getting cracked up here, and Matt was saying, I guess, talking about when you were going to build something out there in the backyard or something. Uh, he just wants to know if it'll be large enough for a frisbee.
1: that is an important question. That is an important question. Um, April had asked a few minutes ago, uh, when Christians get together at someone's home, enjoy a meal with each other, have some good spiritual discussion, have a nice time together, all of which is great, and just being hosted by an individual or family, often people will say, this was really nice to have this time to fellowship together. Is there a different term that would be more biblical to use in that sentence, since that use of it is more based on modern usage? Or is that just a different type of fellowship, but not a type that would be supported by the church? Well, what, what word do you have up there, Scott?
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not getting it focused. So 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 9, after saying, Above all things, be fervent in love among yourselves. Verse 9, using hospitality one to another without murm-
3: murmuring. Yeah, hospitality works. I, I wouldn't, it, you know what, part of the problem is fellowship has become a loaded term. Yes. If we think of, if we understand the word translated fellowship just means sharing, I don't have a problem with using the word sharing to talk about when Christians get together and they're sharing in time together. They're sharing in good time. They're sharing good times. I don't, I don't have a problem with that kind of language and we're using a word that's used in the Bible, but when we call it fellowship, that's such a loaded term.
2: Uh, I'm just not sure what we're always saying when we say fellowship. And because it's, people are, because people have built an idea of what it means that wasn't really the way it was used in the New Testament, I would prefer not to facilitate, you know, yeah. that conception.
3: Will, one of our viewers, I think he's talking about whether or not potlucks, um, maybe in the meeting place, I'm assuming that's what he's referring to. He says, might it be a question of need I think certainly there is, when we, we, we have a water fountain here in our meeting place uh, that probably you all do too. have water fountains where you meet. We have bathrooms. Uh, those are so that we can tend to our necessities needs uh, to facilitate our being together to worship God. If we're going to be together for two or three hours, it's, it's, it's very helpful to have a bathroom or drinking fountain or something like that present. If you have a situation where there's truly a need for people to to be able to eat their sack lunches or something, because we've come from so far, we're going to be together so long. Yeah, I think it's a question of need. Scott?
2: Acts chapter 6, I think, is a good example here. This was a work of the church. Yeah. They had widows that needed to be cared for. Remember in 1 Timothy 5, It talks about if you've got a widow, uh, there's talk about people being enrolled as widows to be permanently supported by the church. Um, And it talked about, you know, individuals take care of their own, but these other widows were to be cared for by the church. Back in Acts 6, we have a somewhat similar situation. You had a lot of widows among the saints that needed food each day, and it was in the church's work of helping needy saints, it was taking care of them. So here's the text, Acts six. In these days, when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a murmuring of the Grecian Jews against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration, the daily feeding. The twelve called the multitude of disciples together and said, it's not fit that we should forsake the word of God and serve tables, the verb deacon, deacon tables. Look out, therefore, for among you seven men of good report that we may appoint over this business. So there's a work of the church in feeding these widows. Now, we know who is to be fed, needy widows among the saints. The church was taking care of this. There were these seven men appointed to oversee it. How might they have done that?
3: How might they have appointed seven men, or how might they have tended to the widow's needs?
2: Yes, yes. If, if you're if you're one of the seven, got to think, okay, we've got to think of a good, fair way to make sure all the widows are being, being fed, not just the Hebrew-speaking ones, but also the Hellenists. What, mm-hmm. what might be some... Uh, What's the word? Logistic choices on how we might get them all. Well,
3: one way you can make sure they that nobody's being left out is have a common place where everybody comes together and a co- common distribution point where you're going to hand out the meals. And, yeah, we so need to,
0: we, and we need to buy some tables so they can sit on the tables, or we need to buy some food that we can cook and oh, so sure. those
2: things are yeah, yeah. and or if we're going to take the food to them, we might might need some carts. You know, it's donkeys to pull it. If we're going to have them come to a spot to pick it up and go, we distribution center. If we're going to have them come to a spot and sit down and eat, we, there's that. If we're going to have coordinate people cooking the food and bringing it in, but you got, if you got hundreds of widows, it might be easier to cook it all in one spot. Yeah. If today we had desks. Of course today there's social security and such things. But they <laughs> have that life insurance and different things. But if we had the number of men in the church at this point is how many? No.
3: We're, 5, we're, up, we're up by
2: over 5,000. Yeah, yeah. So just somebody pick a theoretical number of how many widows you might have. Uh,
1: 300. I don't have 300,
2: All right. If we had a church where there were 300 destitute widows, and it was the church's responsibility, Peter, could we buy a van to a Meals on Wheels and take it to them? Absolutely. Could we build a kitchen? Sure. Yeah, and have a dining hall for them. Yep. Because that is the work of the church. And it would take, depending on the number of them and the need, you would stop and think which thing makes the most sense. For example, if you have three saints meeting together in a town, do you really need to build a whole building? No. <laughs> <You> know, <somebody laughs> do if we build it, they will come. Yeah. <laughs> you, you, there's practical considerations about the need, but if it's the work of the church, then let the church pay for it. If it's not the work of the church, let's stop using that which paid for the the work of the church. Let's not use funds that are uh, given for the work of the church for our own ends.
3: But you know what? Your, your, your point about three Christians and do they need to build a church building, uh, that kind of gets to the cart before the horse mentality that we yeah. see a lot of this kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, instead of the meeting place being something that is justified because we need it in order to assemble to do what God's souls do, now we're going to build a meeting place with a view to having something impressive that will draw people in from the community. And we're drawing them in with the wrong thing when we do that. That's exactly the problem with the church sign that you saw that said not just the church and with the fellowship hall concept. What, we, what we're doing is we're going to try to get people in here because of what we have to offer that's yeah. not really what, churches were offering in the
1: new testament right Stephen? Steve, Stephen, we say in a couple minutes we've got left here um had mentioned earlier the first christians eat in the upper room um, i'm not sure where he was going with that
2: um next 20 they gathered together on the first day of the week to break bread the lord's supper and they were in the upper room and eutychus fell out the window
3: and very possibly could have had potlucks in that same upper room because right. in that, that day and age but the upper room was often a guest room, and they might have been using house. somebody's private house with the yeah, guest room upstairs yeah. for their meeting place.
1: And Matt had commented a little bit ago: this question isn't one that isn't necessarily answered by a single "Thus says the Lord," but on principles that we see in other instructions and rules in Scripture. Thanks, fellas. I agree with you. It's something we have to. There's not a verse for that, but it's something we have to put principles together to answer.
2: I want to put it real quickly. Uh, were you done, Stephen, or did you have something else to say there?
1: No, the only thing I was going to say is we've only got a couple minutes left. If there are any questions that our viewers have uh, from the audience, we are looking for more questions. Um, so feel free to leave those in the comments. One so, other passage course. I want to
2: bring up quickly, and sometimes it's used simplistically, but there's an important point here. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul, in talking about their abuse of the Lord's Supper, he said, what, don't you have houses to eat and drink in? And he said, if you're hungry, eat at home. And he tells them how to take the Lord's Supper. Now, you could use that simplicity and say, see, right there, you're not to eat in the church building. And, of course, that's missing an important historical point here. Right. Which is, where
1: was Priscilla. the
2: Church of Corinth meeting? Did they have the Church of Corinth church building? At least at one point, call it Priscilla's house, right? Uh, n- not at this time, Aquila and Priscilla aren't there. They're meeting at Gaius' house because Paul uh, writes uh, pretty soon after this when he gets to Corinth, he's staying there at the house of Gaius and he says, Gaius, my host and the host of the whole church. Anyway.
0: Is that where he left his cloak that he was asking for when he was in prison?
2: At house? No, I don't think that's, that That would be later. Okay. But the thing is, they were meeting in Gaius' house. So when he says He's when he says, when you come together in the church, he's not saying in the church building, he's meaning when you all get together, get his house. However, there is this, it's so often today, people, when you think of a church think, well, you need a steeple, you need an organ, you need a fellowship hall and some pews. <laughs> uh, and, and, you, and you need the fellowship hall for a place for the potluck because that's part of it. The church, Paul didn't say if you're hungry, wait 30 minutes and take part in the potluck. He said, if you're hungry, eat at home. Don't you have houses to eat and drink? In other words, Paul's presupposition is not, hey, first there's the worship period, and then there's the Christian potluck. No, his supposition is, when you've come together for worship, that's what you've come together for. When you're hungry, you take care of that at home. Now, it doesn't mean you can't go to a restaurant or somebody else's house. And of course, Mr. and Mrs. Gaius might invite, you know, Stephen and Brianne to stay afterwards and have dinner in their home. We're that's, not church. that's, that's Gaius being hospitable. Guys,
0: we are past the time. It was a great con- question. And I'll tell you, there was a segue to the next question about 15, 20 minutes ago, but we blew through it. We knew we couldn't get through it. So we're going to save the next question for next week. But, I'll give you a hint. You had mentioned about sharing and having fellowship in the suffering of Christ. What about praying to God to help me in my suffering, or praying to God because of the circumstances in my life? What happens if he's not answering me? or what hap- So that was the segue I was going to make 20 minutes ago, but now the segue is going to wait a week, Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me back up there. I see you smiling, Jeff. We're not doing this next week, are we? No. (laughs) No, we're we're not going to be here next week.
2: Off the air next week.
0: We're going to be off the air next Tuesday because we're going to be at a a meeting going on in Exton, Pennsylvania. Thank you, Jeff. But we'll save that for two weeks from now. But if those of you in the audience and you're not going to listen to us live next week, there's, uh, there's over 100 Broadcasts. Go to the website. Go see which ones you haven't seen. Take advantage of the time that we're not here chewing your ear. Go ahead and listen to the program that we have recorded in the past. Anything else, guys? I cut you off in the middle there because I just wanted to make the segue, which we're not going to make. No, thanks,
1: everybody. And again, feel free to send us your questions.
0: Great discussion. Thank you, everybody. Have a good week. Take care.